My name is Sam Savari, and welcome to MH308 Podcasts. Today we'll be diving into the connection between Western classical music and activism with some help from two amazing people who work with activist orchestras in New York City and Chicago. One caveat before we get started, when I say classical music from this point forward, I'm referring to Western classical music. classical music, your mind probably drifts to a bunch of rich people, generally white, in fancy clothing going to see the symphony or an opera written by a dead Western European man performed by more white people. When I first decided to look into activism's connection to classical music, I was nervous that I wouldn't be able to find anything recent. It's much easier to think of pop or punk bands that have a political agenda than an orchestra. However, even classical music has always been connected with activism. Music is either generally written in response to what is happening or as an escape to what is going on in the composer's world. Composers are people with bias too, so it is impossible to separate the art from the situation in which it was written. Despite this, classical music is frequently stereotyped as being stuffy or outdated. This makes sense if you just play something like Hindemith's Symphonic Metamorphosis of the Themes by Karl Maria von Weber without explaining how much of the final movement is making fun of the Nazi Gustav and that he had to leave Germany because his wife was of partial Jewish ancestry. The historical and political context makes the music much more interesting, and it shows how art is made in reaction to what is happening in the world. For this reason, I was incredibly excited when I heard that there were such things as activist orchestras in the United States. These orchestras typically have an overarching season theme that speaks directly to the issues impacting their communities, brings in different speakers and artists to collaborate, and has a more racially diverse makeup. The two groups that I had the pleasure of speaking with were the Dream Unfinished in New York City and the Chicago Symphonietta in Chicago. These two groups have been active in their respective cities by reaching younger and more diverse audiences through programming more diverse music and addressing issues that directly impact the audience. These orchestras are alive and thriving, even in times of COVID, and still are performing music at a high caliber, which goes to show how classical music and activism are tied, and people want to see that connection. The first group that I had the opportunity to interview was the Dream Unfinished. They are a younger activist orchestra founded only six years ago in New York City. I spoke to Lee Bynum, who is the chair of the board. One of the major reasons that this orchestra was founded was to address the lack of social activism and ethnic and racial diversity in classical music. One of the first things that I asked Mr. Bynum was why he thinks it's important for classical music to be connected with activism. Here was his response. One, to be responsive to the interests of people who are participating in classical music. Um, And I think for many of us who have this background, um, having grown up, with various art forms, et cetera, we still exist in this world, right? And we're still seeing things. And because we are artists first and foremost, we wanna think about ways that we can use our art to make a statement. Um, secondly, and, and this is sort of almost like a subsidiary to the other thing, because I think the interest of the musicians, composers, and even audience members to do something is the primary thing. But secondarily, if you think about it, I don't know that there's anything that in American society that we think about as being more like old, white, and out of touch than classical music. And there are a lot of people who just like the music, don't really want the everything else. And I think a really great way to reframe and reintroduce the music to younger people um, 
and just other people who for whatever reason have felt excluded from the form is by them seeing people who look like them, people who are like them, people who identify like them, really using the music to make statements about things that they care about. The last comment that Mr. Bynum made is significant because the American League of Orchestras found in 2014 that only 12.1 musicians in over 500 orchestras surveyed around the country are non-white. To use the same year, in 2014, 22.1 of the United States population identified as non-white. This disparity only increases when you look at big cities where many of the larger orchestras are situated. The Chicago Census in 2020 estimated a non-white population of 40%. Well, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra's musicians' non-white population is under 32%, specifically worse when looking at Black musicians, 32% for the city and 1% for the orchestra. Along with building an orchestra that is reflective of underrepresented groups, activist orchestras program based on what the communities are specifically facing, rather than focusing on monumental Western classical pieces that everyone knows. Mr. Bynum said this tends to be a draw for musicians that also work with more traditional orchestras. I think the what has attracted a lot of them to us has been the fact that the music that we play is frequently by composers who are not white, male, cisgender, or dead. Um, so it's a much more contemporary music that we're playing. We commission a lot of music. So that attracts a certain group. And um, I think a lot of musicians, because historically classical music has not been the part of music where they've been taking on social issues, but it doesn't mean that the musicians themselves don't care. So I think the fact that they know that, for instance, we would, you know, we did a, um, one of our first concerts was really motivated after the murder of Eric Garner. So, you know, the compositions we picked, where we chose to have the concert, and also we had the participation of his family. Um, Erica Garner, his daughter, um, who's unfortunately now deceased, spoke at the concert, for instance. This orchestra works because it plays and looks like what the city wants and needs. They are able to attract a new generation of listeners by breaking out of the canon of classical music and expanding what is viewed as worthwhile music to play. The next group I had the chance to talk with was the Chicago Sinfonietta. They've been around since 1987 and had humble beginnings in a coffee shop. Similar to the Dream Unfinished, this organization strives to celebrate diversity in a place where other orchestras don't reflect the city. This group focuses much more on collaboration with other types of artists so they can better reflect the city. I had the opportunity to chat with Sadie Woods, the Residence Orchestra Project Manager, and she was able to explain all of the different types of collaborations they participate in. Always has uh, collaborations where they work with different types of artists. And sometimes it could be dancers, right? It could be visual artists. So they also reflect that in the orchestra as well through their programming. Collaboration is key in many other musical cultures outside of classical music. Music is not separate from other art forms like dance or theater. It is worth noting that these activist orchestras purposefully make these connections so they can reach a broader audience and get their message across. As a visual artist and musician herself, this is how Ms. Wood views music's connection to the other arts. So I've always kind of had both worlds hand in hand because I studied music, I studied art, and for me those worlds are not separate and they haven't been separate as a creator um, or as a curator or as an artist for me. 
so I worked in that same respect. One final thought from Miss Woods that I wanted to share is about the long-standing relationship between the arts and activism. This connection is not new, and it's not going away anytime soon. Art and activism have had a long relationship with each other. There isn't a, a movement in history that has not included art or music. Activism is not something that is temporary, right? It's a way of, of living, and it's, you know, for standing for something. You know, even if it's like one thing as like Marshall Friedman's mission to to highlight diversity in classical music. You know, that's already a, a huge, a huge mission within itself. I think within this time period, like, it, it, it is heightened because we know about systematic oppression, we have language for it, and we see it. There's no really denying it in a, in a global pandemic in a place like America, and also with the, the times that we are in pre-election for the next president of the United States. So I think it's, it's it can be contextualized in a lot of ways, but I think with, with the work that's focused in the orchestra, it's, it's timeless because there's always room to create diversity in classical music. It's, it's a work that it, it takes a lifetime to do. It's not something that's like, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I just want to highlight that, especially in these moments, because I feel like a lot of People are focusing on arts and activism because of the time that we're in, but this has always been, this has, this has been a thing for the last 33 years. I mean, it's not something that just started in 2020. Activism is not a one-and-done situation for these groups. It is why they were created and what keeps them going. So why does this matter? I've just laid out two specific examples of classical music and activism, but I think their principles can be applied more universally. Classical music is not in a bubble. The people making and listening to this music care about real-world issues, and there is accessible music that can reflect this. And this applies to every level of classical music making, from beginners to professionals. We need to make an effort to show how this style of music is still relevant, and make sure we are choosing repertoire that reflects what we want to showcase to the world. Along with this, young musicians deserve to see a future for themselves in music, if they aren't white, cisgender, or men. These activist orchestras have classically trained ensembles that celebrate diversity so students can see themselves and the musicians. This is crucially important to foster the next generation of musicians and music lovers. These organizations also reach a younger audience, so if we want classical music to not die out, then we need to keep it up with the times. I hope in the past 11 minutes I've shown you that classical music does not have to be stuffy or just music by dead white guys if you're willing to put in some effort. I will attach the link to the Dream Unfinished and the Chicago Symphony Edit in the description if you're interested in checking them out. I highly encourage it. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.